0: podcast brought to you by Ability, an experiential learning company based in beautiful Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Matthew Confer, and today on the show, we have Kara Golden, who is the founder and CEO of Hint, Inc., which is best known for Hint Water. She is also the author of Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. She was named by EY as their Entrepreneur of the Year in Northern California, and she was named one of the most creative people in business by Fast Company. Thanks so much for joining us today, Kara.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: I'm going to start by going back to 2004, if you'll permit me. You were living in San Francisco. You were eager to kick your soda habit, so you started drinking water that you flavored with berries and slices of fruit, which led to the company that we now know as Hint Water. As a result, you frequently refer to yourself as an accidental entrepreneur. So can you elaborate a bit on the origin story of Hint and your start? And why do you think you've been an accidental and exceptionally successful entrepreneur?
1: Sure. I, you know, I didn't start off thinking that I was going to be an entrepreneur and I hadn't worked in the beverage industry or even in the food industry. I had worked in tech prior and had taken a couple of years off trying to figure out what tech role probably I was going to do next. But when I kind of got distracted a little bit and, and decided to focus on my own health, Uh, And also my family's health. I had three young kids at the time under the age of four. And I, you know, it was really at that point when I started looking at what am I putting into their body? Maybe I should be focusing on what I'm putting into my body. I was trying to fix some health issues that I had around weight. My skin uh, had developed terrible adult acne, which I never even had as a a teenager. and, And my energy levels had really collapsed. And I think so many people, when you're taking a break from you know, your work and, and you start cooking, you start you know, eating better and exercising, that was definitely me. But I, when I just saw this problem that I had and then actually fixed my problem by giving up my diet soda habit that I had been fondly drinking for so many years and swapped that for plain water, what I realized was number one, water was boring. I had always thought it was boring. That's why I didn't drink it. And just by slicing up fruit and throwing it in the water, that kind of helped me to make water a little more interesting. And I thought if I could actually take this product to the store, the store shelves and get it on the store shelves, maybe a lot of other people would be helped as well that maybe think that they're doing the right thing, but aren't and are trying to solve health issues for themselves.
0: One thing that popped out was the subtitle of of your book, which was Overcoming Doubts and and Doubters. Do you have a specific memory or can you share a memory about a specific doubt you had along the way when you were building this business and and what you did specifically to overcome it?
1: So many doubts. I I think that that's the... Uh, misconception about entrepreneurs that you think they're fearless risk takers, they're unicorns or they're failures. But what I've realized, and I've met so many entrepreneurs in different industries, it's it's kind of the same story that, of course, you fear things along the way. It's really how you get past those. How do you not allow the wall to get too big? Or how do you crush the wall or jump over it or what, however you want to think about it and continue to move forward? And I think that that was really, I mean, so many examples, not just in Hint, but even in my previous life in tech when we didn't really know where it was going to go or end, but it was a matter of just getting out there and trying, in spite of the fact that, you know, you have these doubts in your own head. Uh, you've also got doubters, right? Hmm. Industry experienced uh, executives and companies that are going to doubt you too. And so I think. You know, one in particular that I think about is, is actually getting the product on the shelf. I've had so many entrepreneurs say to me, you know, I've been in Whole Foods a million times, but how did you actually get it on the shelf? And I think the short answer is that I just tried, right? I just asked and tried to figure out what exactly was I doing? I mean, sort of a longer kind of thing that I think about a lot too is we weren't just starting a company, which is often what entrepreneurs face when they're starting something that maybe they don't see in the market, right? They're they it's like no one else is doing what I'm doing. The challenge with that is that if you're starting a new category in an industry in addition to starting a new company, that's like climbing Everest as compared to climbing a mountain, right? You're you're taking on this entire industry that is not caught up to where you're at. And so you're going to have plenty of doubters when you do that because they just don't really understand in our case why do I need an unsweetened flavored water isn't I the number of times I heard isn't vitamin water just fine 16 Hmm. years ago vitamin water didn't even have a diet version I mean there was over 300 calories there was tons of sugar in the product and I just thought You know, this is crazy. Why don't people listen to me when I'm saying we are doing an unsweetened flavored water? It's because it's a new category, and the consumer or your gatekeeper to the shelves, they don't understand it. So they'll be doubters. They don't intend necessarily to uh, crush your dream or not understand or not listen, it just takes them a little while. And, and so I, I think that that is probably one of the biggest learnings that people should really absorb. And particularly from my book is, that I talk about this is that you, know, it's, you cannot rush the consumer to really get educated and understand what you're talking about, especially when you're considered a visionary leader or it's a brand new concept.
0: When you think back to some of the early days, maybe before you were getting traction or, or as you were getting traction, what do you think you spent too much time on? And if you could go back, where would you invest more of your time?
1: Oh, that's a really easy question. I think I, I really thought that everyone was going to solve my problem uh, for me if I could just uh, get them to talk to me, right? The industry experienced people hmm. uh, and that they're, you know, they're going to wave their magic wand and solve all the problems. And I think that the reality is, is that those aren't the people that are going to innovate, are going to bring new concepts like you've got to the marketplace. Instead, I think it's really, you've got to figure out your own path. And I see this with entrepreneurs all the time, even ones that have reached out to me that have said, hey, I'm an entrepreneur. And, you know, can you... Uh, help me do this and in a totally different industry. And what I always say to people is you've got to figure out like the couple of steps, right? To just get yourself moving forward and and also be just super aware. And because I think that those are really the key things like keeping your curiosity on uh, at all times is also really tiring. And when you're hearing these doubters come in when you've got your own voice in your head saying, I don't know if I should be doing this. I'm not making as much money as I could in, an, in another industry. You've got choices to make, but you've also got to figure out how do I maintain the resilience, right? How do I keep moving this thing forward? And and I think that, you know, there's no easy answer for it. Um, being an entrepreneur is is a incredibly tough job. It's not just about being a unicorn or a failure. There's points along the way where you just have to really, really um, focus and pay attention to all different steps and be ready to move in another direction if that's what it takes.
0: Well, well let's talk about another direction. In in 2017, you guys launched hint, sunscreen, you were immensely successful in the water category, which water beverages is an exponentially competitive industry. You already mentioned getting on the shelf and how difficult that was. How did you make the decision to enter another very competitive industry?
1: Uh, So I didn't overthink it, I I think (laughs) is is the short answer. I wanted to solve a problem for myself. Again, around sunscreen, I had had uh, basal cell skin cancer on my nose being a redhead gro- growing up in Arizona probably had way too much sun mm-hmm. over the years and uh, when I was looking for a sunscreen what I realized is that I never put it on my face and I would put it on my arms I put it on my legs if I'm laying out at the beach but I never would put it on my face because I'd put makeup on, and I thought that there was SPF in, in the makeup. And and so I thought, okay, now's the time I need to get serious about putting sunscreen on my face. But a lot of the sunscreens that were kind of healthier and better for you, or at least that was my perception, would be thick. They'd have you know zinc in them, which I found really annoying, sticky, itchy, not a great experience. And so when I was looking for A great sunscreen. I actually did find some great sunscreens at the dermatology offices, but they were over $50 a bottle. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's crazy that a great sunscreen that people should wear is, you know, basically priced out of their market, out of anyone's market, right? I just thought, what, how much? How much is the markup in these categories? And so I started playing in my kitchen again a- around buying these different ingredients. I never intended on doing it as a brand extension, but all sunscreens are regulated by the FDA. And so you, a- you actually have to register and it gets tested before you get your business license. And, and so uh, I used Hint as our name and um, and I remember when we got the uh, phone call from the office of the FDA, they said, are you using real fruit in your product? Because uh, most of the time it's fragrance. Like I didn't even know that what, what we were doing was so unique. And so that's when, you know, we got the approval for the sunscreen and we got it out there. And and again, looking at sort of the price for me, it. it a, a great product, whether it's something that you drink or something that you put on your skin, should be something that you want to use. And so, the smell—we have three different scents um, that are incredible. It's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a product that is enjoyable that that I think people will want to wear, not just because they have to wear it. And um, and it's been a lot of fun. And I think probably the most in- interesting thing about that. And again, going back to you just have to be really aware in your entrepreneurial journey. I was doing it for our consumers, mm-hmm. starting with me and my family. But I thought, gosh, there could be some other consumers that really want to wear this too. Maybe they've bought Hint Water. Maybe they will buy this product and not buy hint water. I, I, you know whatever they're going to do, the consumer will decide. But what I saw shortly after launching was that there were a few players in the sunscreen industry who are you know the cokes and the Pepsis of the sunscreen industry. What I realized by launching a product that said on the bottle no oxybenzone, this, these players in the sunscreen industry reformulated and started, mm-hmm producing products that were competitive with hint little hint, the beverage player was now forcing some somebody else to do the right thing in terms of health and and again if you can do that as a um, as an entrepreneur, um, you know we're not going to overtake the sunscreen industry we're going to satisfy the needs of our consumers but if we can, really do something in the name of health to change industries, why not?
0: You were featured on an episode of How I Built This, the, the amazing podcast, and you said something that stuck out to me. You said, quote, I view entrepreneurship as a puzzle sometimes people take puzzle pieces away from you and you have to decide if you are the person who wants to dig into the challenge. You've talked about two of the challenges, water and then sunscreen. When you look at the next challenge ahead for you as a person and for Hint as a company, what's the biggest puzzle piece that's still to come or what's the next challenge on your horizon?
1: Well, I think that the biggest challenge is about you know, the puzzle analogy is that in addition to taking on new things, you never know what things go away. Right. Hmm. And I think that that's, you you could have a handful of puzzle pieces taken out of your puzzle. And you're like, wait a minute, did I even need those puzzle pieces? I mean, that stuff is happening constantly every single day. And so for me, I think it's really just having options. And uh, it's something that I even learned through Uh, The last year, I mean, we already had a direct-to-consumer business set up. The number of times I heard when we were selling water through our site and through Amazon from industry experts in the beverage industry saying that is not how beverages are sold, I mean, many of them wish that they would have had during... COVID, a direct to consumer platform set up, that business tripled over the last year. Our overall sales for the company were up over 50%, um, which is very unusual for uh, our industry. So I think that it's... uh, Looking at it day by day and and continuing to grow and really continuing to figure out ways how do we focus on on the consumer what other ways are consumers coming in are there some consumers that maybe have seen hint for example but are uh, are you know just now figuring out the sunscreen and and maybe that will allow them to kind of know the backstory a little bit more maybe they're listening to a podcast and hearing my story. And that is, I I think more and more consumers actually want to know who is Hmm. the CEO behind the brand, right? Hmm. And it can work for and against you, as we've seen over the last couple of years with some, you know, CEOs behaving badly, right? It's, it's, uh, I think it's such an important piece, but it really is something, and particularly for Gen Z, I have four of them. And I can tell you that They know the founders behind companies and they want to support companies that actually have the same values that they have. And so I think it's really paying attention. It just goes back to really continuing to be open to where is this puzzle going to go and continuing to follow this customer and find the new customers too.
0: You have a prolific origin story, but the origin story was was a very kind of solo pursuit. You're now an incredibly successful company. You lead that company. And along the way, you've probably had to add a lot of individuals to that company. Does a lesson stick out in terms of from the people management side of things, whether it be on the hiring, the recruiting, the retaining, or the growing of top talent that really you think leads to why you've been successful in that arena?
1: yeah so many lessons about that so first of all i think a successful company is not just about a product or you know a great product and a great service but obviously the people i mean we hear that all the time uh but it really and truly makes and breaks a company whether or not you have the right people who really believe and can help you to actually take it to the next level And so what we found along the way is that it's not the people that had the industry experience, because as you can even think about in sort of, you know, your everyday life, if you have to reteach somebody how to do something and how to think about things, then it oftentimes takes more time, which no entrepreneur has, Mm -hmm. uh, but it also ends up you know, you feel like there's this, there's not a yin and yang going on. It's a, you're doing everything wrong. I've got all this experience. And so actually being able to hire people who want to be taught, who have this mindset of wanting to learn. I mean, the number of people, particularly because we're based in uh, San Francisco, um, we have an office in New York as well, but people who are based in San Francisco, huge tech industry. Most of our employees have actually done a stint or two inside of tech. We have a huge direct-to-consumer business inside our company. The number one thing that people say to us is, oh, I've had all this experience at tech companies, but and I drink your product all the time, but... I don't know that much about the beverage industry. And we're like, that's okay. We can teach you that part. What we really want is the passion and the understanding and, and kind of the the mission and purpose behind the company. So that never stops. I mean, I started the company 16 years ago with that mindset. And I think we, we continue to think about that. And somebody was just asking me this question this morning, and I think it, it, really is true. My job as a CEO never stops around getting the right people in the organization. So when I see that there's an, a, an arm in our company, for example, that seems to not be able to find the right people, I go out into my network on social. I, I reach out to some of my friends and say, hey, we're trying to hire this person. Um, and I try and interview Uh, at least director level and above um, for every single one of these people to make sure that the culture fit is right. Because what I've learned over the years and lots of working in, you know, lots of different cultures is, you know, we have a great culture, but it's not for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that, trying to figure out exactly are these people willing to learn? Are they, are they interested instead in just, you know, doing the same thing day after day? They're not gonna like it at Hint because we're gonna constantly keep moving the bar. And so you're gonna feel like once, you, once you've achieved a challenge you're gonna get new challenges and we'll keep doing that along the way.
0: Before we shift to the final two questions that I get to ask all of our guests, What surprises you the most about how you've changed as a leader? You mentioned in that last answer, it's been about 16 years. When you look back at the leader you were early on in your career, what surprises you the most about any profound change you've made personally?
1: You know, I think it's more, I don't know if I've changed that much, but I think it's more of a realization. And again, it goes back to being a lifelong learner. I think that probably the I came from tech, and, and I think when I was leaving uh, my role at America Online, I was saying, oh, you know, I'm bored. I'd been through a hockey stick situation where AOL had grown significantly. It was a billion dollars in revenue, the business that I was running inside of AOL. But I, I didn't really realize that I had stopped learning and that I stopped having people Uh, that I was working for that really wanted me to continue learning. And so I think that the key thing that I've just emphasized even more and more in terms of, you know, making sure that employees are growing is that it's not really about more money and uh, title changes. That's fine. And, and we pay well and all of that. But I think more importantly is what are you learning? Are you making sure that you're putting yourself into situations where, you know, you're a little scared? Maybe you're not the most knowledgeable person in the room. It's not just about mentoring and managing. You do that, but you also need to be learning. So are you hiring people that you can learn from? I don't care if they work for you, but are you gonna learn from those people? That is so, so critical. And And I cannot emphasize that enough inside of our organization, but also for other people who are looking at hiring and and building out their own organizations.
0: Well, a culture of learning is a wonderful spot to shift to the final two rapid fire questions that I get to ask all of our guests. And the first one is this, if you could describe your leadership style, but I just gave you one word to do so, what would that one word be?
1: Gratitude.
0: And the final rapid fire question is this: What is the best piece of advice that you have ever received?
1: Gosh, I have two, but I, I would I would have to say uh, the dots eventually connect. Um, I didn't hear that directly. That's a Steve Jobs um, comment, but I think you know for me, it's uh, it sort of gamifies the the your everyday life right because anytime you've had challenges or fears along the way when you look back and think ah that's why that was in in my life it helped it was there were lessons there that would help me during challenging times in my future and so the dots eventually do connect
0: well that is a wonderful spot to close us out thank you so much for joining us today where can our listeners find out more about you and your wonderful company
1: Uh, So all over social at Kara Golden with an I and on every platform and the, our our products are it's drinkhint.com. So definitely check it out. And uh, I just wrote a new book and Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. Lots about my journey there. If you're interested, it's on Amazon.
0: Well, perfect. Thank you for all of the great insight. And thanks to all of our wonderful listeners for joining us. If you enjoyed today's show, we would love a rating and review in your podcast app of choice. And we truly appreciate it when you share this show or any of our episodes with your network. You can find me on social media at Matthew Confer. This podcast is produced by Ability, a leading provider of award-winning leadership development. You can find us at www.ability.com or by searching for Ability Leadership Development. Make sure to also check out our 12-week fully virtual mini-MBA, The Invited MBA, a nights and weekends program that features experiential learning, mentorship, case studies, and networking. Find more information at www.invitedmba.com. Finally, be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you get our next episode. We want to thank you all for joining us on the Learn to Lead podcast.